0: The same way. But I say to you who hear, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who mistreat you. Whoever hits you on the cheek, offer him the other also. And whoever takes your coat, do not withhold your shirt from him. Give to everyone who asks of you. Do not demand it back. Treat others the same way you want them to treat you. If you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners love those who love them. If you do good to those who do good to you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners do the same. If you lend to those from whom you expect to receive, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners in order to receive back the same amount. But love your enemies and do good and lend expecting nothing in return for your reward will be great and you will be the sons of the Most High. For he himself is kind to ungrateful and evil men. Be merciful just as your Father is merciful. The Gospel of the Lord.
1: Lord Well, good morning. Pray with me. Father, we thank, you. we thank you for your Son, Jesus, and for the Holy Spirit sent to us, who is in us and with us. And we pray today that your word may go forth swiftly and be glorified, and that all of these here today would be encouraged and exhorted and built up in the most holy faith. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So we're celebrating All Saints Day today. It's commemorated every November 1st. And according to the uh, 1662 Book of Common Prayer, this holiday stands for the unity of Christians of all ages, countries, and races in Christ, and the perfection of that unity in heaven. So as Christians, Currently, in the Church Militant, along with the Church Triumphant, we believe there is a spiritual connection between the saved in heaven and the saved on earth. All are in the kingdom of God now. So All Saints Day enables us to give thanks for the faithful witness of many who have gone before Individuals throughout Christian history are celebrated, such as John the Apostle, who I celebrate today, Mother Teresa, or Sojourner Truth, as well as people who have been influential in our own personal spiritual journeys of faith to Jesus and in Jesus. For me, I give thanks today for people like Margaret Thurkelson and Henry Nowen. All Saints Day enables us to also to be reminded that we, too, are part of the communion of saints. N.T. Wright explains that in the New Testament, every single Christian is referred to as a saint, including the muddled and sinful ones to whom Paul writes his letters. So we're all good. (laughs) Saints are holy or set apart ones, and we're counted in that number by virtue of our baptism and making the good confession that Jesus is Lord. That's why All Saints is a traditional day for baptisms. And following this homily today, Emma Landerholm will be presented by her parents, Mark and Etsy, for baptism, which will be a joy to witness as she's being graced to take her place in the communion of saints. And we are committing, as part of the communion now, to surround her and her family, doing all we can to influence and aid her to act on that grace as she matures. In years to come, one of you may be a saint for whom Emma gives thanks on an All Saints Day. What a wonderful thought may it be. I'm grateful for the Revelation 7 passage today. St. John, while still alive on the earth, was privileged to see through the veil of time and peer into eternity where he saw an innumerable crowd, a great multitude, the church triumphant, a united mix of saints from every nation, tribe, and tongue before the throne of God and the Lamb, rejoicing, united as saints all in their devotion to God, the Father, and his Christ alone mixed in their ages and races and languages and nations. It's a beautiful example of what we are to be here. The glimpse given John is for us too, and we're going to come back to it in a moment. But at first, there is a crowd and a multitude that John saw in the Luke passage to consider. Let me set the context for us. Jesus is, after he has ascended to the mount, hiked up the mountain, All night in prayer, he's called the twelve to himself and chose them as his apostles. And John was one of them. Still a fairly new believer. Jesus had not been on the scene that long. And they came down, as Jesus and his apostles, to a level place. And scripture tells us that a great crowd of Jesus' disciples... And a great multitude of people from all Judea, Jerusalem, and the coast of Tyre and Sidon were there. So John saw this crowd and multitude with his physical eyes that day. This great crowd and great multitude was a disunited mix of saints and sinners. Some believers in Christ, some not. Some curious about Christ, no doubt. Some indifferent. Some skeptical already about Christ, threatened by him and against him. Many diseased, troubled, sad, perhaps despairing, and some desperate people. There were a few different nationalities there, but not all of them were represented. So Luke writes they had come to hear Jesus and to be healed of their diseases. And those who were troubled with unclean spirits were cured, and all in the crowd were trying to touch Jesus, for power came out of him and healed all of them. This crowd was similar to us, I would guess. There is a difference between the visible and the invisible church. Not everyone here today, although in church, is yet in the kingdom of God and part of the communion of saints. We are a disunited mix. We want to be healed though, don't we? We want to touch Jesus though, don't we? Whether we realize it or not, we want the same as those people did a long time ago. And we are in that crowd and that multitude. So John is there. And I would surmise a a heightened state of awareness and excitement. There were some amazing things happening. He had just been chosen by the Son of God To be one of his 12 apostles. Now that's pretty cool. It's put a target on his back, but it's still pretty cool. At the moment, he didn't know all that. There were people with whom he was having fellowship around Jesus, unlike anything he had ever experienced before. It was a fellowship of faith in the revealed Messiah who had finally come. There were diseased people who had gathered, perhaps with leprosy or cancer crippled or maimed, wretched ones. Yet they were healed in whatever way they needed healing. Power from Jesus was being released and touching people in undeniable ways. And at some point during this time, Jesus looked up at his disciples, or you could read the communion of saints, and said, Blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of heaven, of God. Now, Matthew further clarifies this poor. He says poor in spirit in his rendering of this verse in the Sermon on the Mount. Earlier in Luke 4.18, Jesus said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. So here, he does just that. He pronounces a blessing on them as poor. He's not blessing poverty, nor is he blessing one social class above another. He's speaking of his disciples who are poor in that they know that they are utterly without resource in themselves. They're wretched, pitiable, poor, blind, and naked in light of who God is. They rely on God and must rely on him, for apart from him, they have nothing, they can do nothing, They are nothing. One commentator wrote, it is in this spirit, in the Old Testament, the poor is often almost equivalent to the pious. For example, in Psalm 40, 17, the psalmist says, but as for me, I am poor and needy. May the Lord think of me. You are my help and my deliverer. You are my God. Do not delay. That's the poor he's talking about. The rich of this world are often self-reliant, self-sufficient, not so the poor. And it is these humble people who receive the kingdom of God. And Jesus says, yours is the kingdom, not yours will be. We come into the kingdom of God when we're saved, and so we're in this eternal, time-transcending kingdom now, along with the faithful who have already shed their earthly tents. We are in the kingdom together now. And those in this kingdom have a good and sure outcome. If you are hungry, you won't be forever. If weeping now, you won't weep forever. If hated now, you won't be hated forever. If excluded, reviled, defamed now for Christ's sake, you won't be forever. I know in my own life, And I know enough of you to know weeping, being rejected, trials and tribulations of all kinds are ours to endure. And Jesus teaches this repeatedly. He's pretty clear about it. Following Jesus doesn't remove us from the trials, pain, heartache, the injustice, the loss, the betrayal. Following Jesus gives meaning and purpose to our lives in spite of that all. And it makes a way for all of it to be redeemed. And in the communion of saints, every promise Christ made will be fulfilled. In the kingdom of God, you will be filled. You will laugh. You will rejoice. And you will have a great reward. Beloved, that's good news. Jesus always preached the whole truth, though, didn't he? He continues in our Luke passage without mincing words, but in great kindness, now including both the crowd of disciples and the great multitude of people not yet disciples. And he says, But woe to you who are rich, read self sufficient, read self indulgent. Woe to you who are rich, for you have received your consolation. Woe to you who are full now, for you will be hungry. Woe to you who are laughing now, for you will mourn and weep. Woe to you when all speak well of you, for that is how their ancestors treated the false prophets. If you are not in the communion of saints, living in the kingdom of God, if you are still in the world, trusting in anything other than Jesus Christ alone, you are like some in the church in Laodicea who thought they were rich. Earlier in this revelation of John, we're going to look at, people said, I am rich. I have prospered and I need nothing. Not realizing that they are really wretched and poor, pitiable, blind, and naked. Jesus is calling to some here today to recognize that you are poor. He is the door for you to come into the kingdom of God, to be full and laugh and rejoice and receive the reward. And I want to invite you, in the name of Jesus, to come and talk to Rick or any of the clergy. We will do our best to help you come in through that door and become part of the communion of saints. A kingdom different and better than any kingdom of our own making, or any kingdom the world pretends to offer. It's a kingdom where the grace of God, where in the grace of God we love our enemies and do good to those who hate us. It's a kingdom where we bless those who curse us and pray for those who mistreat us. It's a kingdom where if anyone strikes us on the cheek, we offer the other also. And from anyone who takes our coat, we give them our very shirt as well. It's a grand kingdom where we, do, where we give to everyone who asks of us. And if anyone takes away from what is ours, we don't ask for it back again. Instead, we do to others what we would have them do to us. This is the communion of saints we are born into through the faith through faith in the son of god jesus do we do all these things perfectly no no we all know that we don't but we are following a savior who does and we are, in, are we are and we are being transformed into his likeness and we are in process and his kingdom really is like that and someday we will be in heaven with perfection Himself. And this brings us back to our Revelation passage. For thanks to the faithfulness of St. John, we get a glimpse into the eternal realm of the kingdom of God. A peek at the communion of saints in the church triumphant around the throne. A hint of the reward that awaits us. What Jesus promised the good news to the poor. John, who is now older and wiser, a seasoned disciple who had endured much. He had followed Christ in his earthly ministry, was a witness at his crucifixion, suffered the confusion and fear and heartache of what all that meant. Then he saw the resurrected Lord, was filled with the Holy Spirit and fire, and he had suffered much for the name of Christ personally and witnessed others suffering and dying for Christ. He is a different John than he was as the new apostle that day in Luke. But he is still following Jesus. I believe the secret to John's ability to stay the course was a prior revelation of God's love for him personally and for the whole world. Listen to what John wrote in one of his letters. It might be what he would say to us today if he were physically standing here this morning. See what kind of love the Father has given to us that we should be called children of God, and so we are. Beloved, we are God's children now, and what we will be is not yet appeared. In this, the love of God was made manifest among us, that God sent his only Son into the world so that we might live through him. By this we know that we abide in him, and he in us. Because he has given us of his spirit. And then John says this, So we have come to know and believe the love of God for us. That's the key. John knew and believed the love of God personally for him and was able to abide in, God's, in God by his spirit which was given to him and that same spirit is given to us. And in the Revelation passage, we find John now in exile on a prisoner island called Patmos. And scripture tells us he was in the Spirit on the Lord's day. Or he was abiding in the love of God in the midst of being imprisoned. And abiding in God's love is the key to enduring. The best thing we can do is to abide in the love of God, to be in the Spirit on the Lord's day and every day. So John, in the Spirit on the Lord's day, I just like saying that. I want to say, when you come, come in the Spirit. Come in the Spirit. I could really go off on that, but I'm not going to. So John, in the Spirit on the Lord's day, got another revelation of Jesus. And saw into the eternal realm. He was given insight into the wrapping up of all things in God and his Christ. And the utter defeat of evil. He saw a whole bunch of things. Some of which he could not write. But some of which he did. And this is part of it. He says, after this I looked. And there was a great multitude that no one could count. From every nation. And from all tribes and peoples and languages. It was a mixed crowd. Standing before the throne and before the Lamb, robed in white, it was a perfected crowd. With palm branches in their hands, it was a rejoicing, celebratory crowd. They cried out in a loud voice, saying, Salvation belongs to our God, who is seated on the throne and to the Lamb. It was a united crowd. Last week in our ministry team meeting, Cody prayed about what these saints might say to us if we could hear them today, and I loved his prayer. We know one thing they would say, and they would say it in perfect unity with full knowing. Salvation belongs to our God, who is seated on the throne and to the Lamb. I think they would be saying to us in the communion of saints still on the earth, don't doubt Jesus. No matter how hard life is, he is faithful and true. You are not alone. Think about us. We are full, satisfied, hungry and thirsty in the Bible talks about the desires that we have. Our deepest desires are going to be met and satisfied in Jesus. Don't give up following Jesus, no matter how tempted you are to turn back. He is the way, the truth, and the life. We are never thirsty here. We drink from the springs of living water continually, and our deepest, truest desires are met. Don't lose hope in Jesus. He is the great reward. There are no more tears in our eyes, no pain, no sorrow. We are sheltered in the presence of God. The tabernacle of God is with us and shepherded by the King himself, Jesus. Beloved, On this celebration of All Saints Day, our call is to remember the communion of the saints of which we are a part, and be thankful for those who have gone before, who spoke to us and still speak to us through the Word of God and in our memories, to endure like they did, and to anticipate that time when we will all be full, and we will all laugh, and we will all rejoice, and we will all receive the reward life everlasting, when we will all be forever in the presence of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, who will wipe away every tear from our eyes. I want to be in that crowd, and I want every one of you to be there too. Amen? Amen. And with that in mind, let us give thanks to God for this opportunity to witness Emma's baptism. Amen and amen.